What's up, guys? Chris Avery with you on a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. We were off last week on vacation, back at it, training camp just a couple of weeks away. And listen, we've talked at nauseum about minicamp and predictions for the upcoming season. I always like to spend this time before camp talking about the Chargers rivals in the AFC West. And joining me now, Deshaun Reed of The Athletic covers the Raiders, does an awesome job uh, coming right off of vacation, Deshaun. I appreciate it, man. Oh, no problem, man. I have to get back into the workflow. So this is a good way to start the week. Absolutely. Well, hey, you know what? I was just telling you offline, the Raiders made so many off-season moves. I don't even really know where to begin. So I'll, I'll throw it to you. Just what do you think was the most notable off-season move? And then we can kind of get into everything. Yeah, I think in terms of their acquisitions, Yannick Ngakwe stands out. Um, obviously, the, the defense as a whole was a, was a disaster for the Raiders last year. But one of their, their primary issues was, was generating a pass rush. And, you know, he's been one of the more prolific pass rushers in the league the last few years. And they got him on a, a two-year deal at a number that I feel like people thought was a little bit lower than he might have gotten out on the open market. And so, uh, you know, as, as we've seen with the Raiders in recent years, some of their big free agency, agency signings haven't worked out. And so uh, this kind of signal a change their approach of a, you know, a two-year deal instead of maybe, you know, a three- or four-year deal, less of a financial commitment, but still bringing in a player that could potentially make a big impact. And so um, I think that, you know, not only for the impact it could have on the field, but kind of the, you know, vision change, it kind of signaled a little bit in terms of how they're approaching free agency was probably the most notable acquisition. Um, you know, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but on the flip side, I think, you you know, you can't talk about it without, you know, them pretty much reconstructing the offensive line with some, some moves that were expected, you know, given, you know, Trent Brown not really playing much his, his two years with the team. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a surprise anybody for them to trade him and move on from his salary. Um, probably the same for Gabe Jackson, even though he was a good player. Um, you know, almost $10 million for a guard in this league. That's pretty steep. You have to be playing at, a, you know, almost a all-pro level. And while he was good, he wasn't great. And so that made sense to move on. But, uh, you know, even still to this day, the, the Rodney Hudson trade, sending him to the Cardinals, I think that shocked me. And about everybody else, especially considering his backup, Andre James, has only played one game in his career so far. So I, I would say, you know, the two biggest stories for them are the addition of, of Yannick and then, you know, what does the offensive line look like now after all those subtractions and, and pretty much blowing up that unit when it was, you know, one of the biggest strengths on their team. And so those are probably my two biggest takeaways coming out of this offseason. I think that's what struck me the most is that, you know, they were strong offensively and they had a really good offensive line. You have the the weapons coming back. You had Kenyon Drake to the backfield. But the, the question mark with the offensive line, you get Leatherwood in the first round. How do you envision the chemistry and just that unit looking, especially early in the year? There's going to be some growing pains. You know, I mean, I mean Andre James is, is his first time really being a starter in his career. So while he's not a rookie, it's almost like a rookie season in, in the sense that he has to build that chemistry and the camaraderie with the offensive line. Um, you know, Richie Incognito, even though he's a veteran, you know, he only played, you know, about a game and a quarter last year uh, due to injury. So he's going to have to get back into it, you know, not just physically, but working out with these new guys that he's playing alongside of. He's going to be yeah. sandwiched in between Andre James and, and Alex Leatherwood on that on that right side in all likelihood. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I think across the line, um, you know, they have some familiar faces. Obviously, Colton Miller got the big extension this offseason. Um, in terms of play, he's probably going to have to be the leader of the group while, you know, Incognito is the vocal leader of the group. Um, and we have to see how these young, unproven guys come along. You know, it's not unheard of for, for guys to, you know, their first year starting to kind of take the league by storm. But more often than not, there's some bumps along the way. And so, um, you know, I mean, 
you know, especially, you know, with, with a team like the Raiders that are, you know, figuring to be in the playoff hunt, um, you know, if your offensive line is struggling to start the season, that could, you know, potentially, you know, cost you a playoff shot. And so um, they're going to have to gel pretty quickly. And that's where I think um, this year with the preseason games returning those three games that we'll have, I think there's going to be a huge lift to them for them to actually, you know, even though it's not, you know, regulation games, um, getting some live game action so they can, you know, start to build on that camaraderie a little bit and maybe get a little bit more familiar with one another before the game starts to count. You know, another move that may have raised some eyebrows was just bringing Kenyon Drake in and pairing him with Jacobs. And there's very few teams in this league who have a bell cow running back that you're going to give the ball 30 times to. Was that kind of the approach saying, hey, let's keep both guys fresh. Let's use them in the passing game and have more of a, a dynamic running game to, to kind of add to the other weapons on the outside? I believe so, because, you know, even though Josh Jacobs has you know been one of the most productive backs in the league in his first two seasons, we saw both years toward down the stretch, he got banged up there. You know, first year it was a shoulder. Last year he had various injuries, you know, lower leg injuries. Um, and we kind of saw those carries and touches in general start to catch up to him a little bit, even though he was still productive. And um, obviously, you know, your running back's always going to take a pounding. But, um, you know, if you can extend that career as, as much as you can and avoid injuries, um, you should take every step you can to get there. And uh, while Devontae Booker was a good backup running back for them last year, you know, after he got poached by the Giants, they, they needed another answer there, somebody who could actually – they felt comfortable giving those early down touches to somebody that, that could give Jacobs a breather, but not have a, you know, such a steep drop off when it comes to the level of play that you're getting. And, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, he's a starting running back in this league. And, you know, I, I think, you know, pretty clearly he'll be the best, you know, backup running back in the league, you know, in, in this role. Uh, you know, the, the, the price did surprise me a little bit. Um, you know, the, the $11 million guarantee overall, uh, considering some of the needs that they had elsewhere, like I said, the offense was really good last year. And so you think, you know, if you're going to spend 11 million, it should probably be on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, this has less to do with Kenyon Drake as a player, because I think he's a really good player and more to do with, you know, allocation of your resources. But just having that one two punch of, you know, being able to keep Jacobs fresh while still having a really good back out there. And then also, I think Drake, you know, is further along at this point in his career as a receiver than Jacobs is. So, um, you know, even have them both on the field, you know, maybe Drake running around and, and Jacobs in the backfield and kind of throw defensive off, defenses off. So it kind of you know, their, their running game, you know, they ran the ball a lot last year and they, they picked up some yardage, but it wasn't as efficient as it was the year before. And so I think the hope is that, you know, giving Jacobs some more rest and then also having a, a different look they can throw out there can help their, their running game get back to being, you know, one of the more efficient attacks in the league. Deshaun Henry Ruggs a couple of drafts ago, the first receiver off the board. And for Chargers fans who may have not watched the Raiders as closely as those two games last year, uh, against the the Vegas Raiders, um, twenty six catches on forty three targets. Was he just not targeted enough, or were all of his targets down the field? What do you think Henry Ruggs needs to do to improve upon uh, his rookie season? I think it's a little bit of both on him and, and not getting enough targets. You know, with him, his biggest uh, I won't say issue, but thing he needs to improve on right now is, is creating separation. Uh, it sounds weird for a guy that runs a four two, but uh, you know, even if you're fast, you know, those corners can jam you up if you're route running and your releases aren't smooth. And so both getting off the line of scrimmage and downfield uh, or even intermediate, you know, with his route running, he has to be able to create separation so that, you know, Derek Carr feels comfortable that he's not about to throw an interception if he throws his ball up there. You know, especially with rugs, uh, it'd be different if he was, you know, some kind of 6'3", big body guy that you just trusted. Even if there's no separation, he's going to go up and get it. He's about 5'11", 6 foot, And so, uh, it, it might make, you know, even though he has the verticality to get there and make those jump balls, it, it makes you a little bit more hesitant as a quarterback, especially in your first year together to, to kind of take those shots. And so he has to improve as a route runner. And then also, 
they do need to get on the ball more often uh, on those short to intermediate routes. So it's kind of quick hitting a little bit easier so I can get the ball in his hands and create, create some things out there in space. Uh, I think he, you know, a lot of games he had, you know, three targets, four targets. That's not enough when you make a guy, you know, the first receiver off the board, especially considering, um, you know, while they had Nelson Aguilar having a, a nice season last year, uh, the wide receiver wasn't necessarily their, their strength offensively. Um, and so you got to get that guy to ball and see, and see what he can do. And so I think it's, 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 it's dual sided. You know, he has to get stronger. He has to get, become a better route runner, but they also need to throw him the ball more often. Man, the quarterbacks in this division, we, we know about Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, obviously coming off an offensive rookie of the year campaign. Derek Carr, though, his numbers have always been really, really solid. 4,100 yards this year, 27 touchdowns, just nine picks. How do the Raiders look at Derek Carr, not only this year, but in the future? And do they see him as that guy that can compete with the Mahomes and, and Herbert once he gets a few more years under his belt? Or are, are, is he on a kind of a, a tighter leash based on what Marcus Mariota may have done at the end of the year? Because Mariota came in, I remember in that Chargers game in week 15, uh, played pretty well. Um, what do the Raiders think of Derek Carr and his future in Vegas? I don't think there's any question about Derek Carr being a, a good quarterback at this point in his career. I think he's proven that. And there's also no question about his, his role as a starter. Uh, you know, they like Mariota, but he's not not pushing Carr. And, you know, some kind of injury happens again where, where Carr goes down like he did in that Chargers game. Um, yeah. You know, Carr is essentially going into, you know, he has another year after this year. But, you know, typically with quarterbacks, they never let you, you know, play into that last year unless you're about to be out of here. And so um, I, I think the question for the Raiders is, you know, not – is Derek Carter a good quarterback? They know that already is, can he be the guy that gets you over the hump and gets you into the playoffs? You know, he's done it for them once before, even though he didn't get to play in that playoff game. Can he do it again? You know, you're not always going to have ideal circumstances as a quarterback. You know, you can look at his offensive line this year and say, ah, well, you know, lost Hudson, you know, we lost Gabe Jackson. We're not having Trent Brown anymore. You know, the wide receivers, maybe if Henry Ruggs doesn't take another step forward, you can kind of, you know, read into that a bit and make excuses. Their thing is, you know, even if it's not perfect, we, we need you to be able to get us there, you know, in, in terms of the playoffs. And, you know, we haven't seen that since 2016. And so I think that's a big question with him. And um, if he's not able to show that, you know, here in this next year, uh, you know, we, we could maybe see some some change in, in the offseason coming up. Obviously, it's not all on him. I, I know that I think it gets yeah. a little bit outsized when it comes to play quarterbacks making the playoffs. Obviously, if your defense is 32nd in the league and, you know, scoring again then you're probably not going to make the playoffs right so um you know he had a great season last year outside of the turnovers I think that's the biggest place where he needs to improve on this season but uh you know, the big thing about with Carr this year I mean he always has the numbers I would say pretty consistently is can you get those wins can you show up when in those those tight games when it gets late and they need you to make a play you know if the Raiders see enough of that out of him this season um you know I, I'd see the extension getting done but if they fall short again or, or even take a step back from last year then I think it could be get a little bit interesting going into the offseason it's shot it's a great segue into the defense uh, a guy that charges fans though very well Gus Bradley and not only Gus but but Ron Milas in the secondary and Richard Smith at the linebackers coach uh why was Gus the right guy to to turn this Raiders defense around. And do you think they did enough this offseason in getting a guy like Indakwe, uh, getting a guy like Trevon Merrick uh, in that secondary? I, w- one of the things, and I think all these guys are, are excellent coaches, one of the things that was tough for Gus the last couple of years with the Chargers was not having Derwin James and being ready to have a package for Derwin James and training camp and for him to get injured, unfortunately, 
right before the season started. Um, they, they did some special things in, in 2018. Uh, do you think that they have the personnel to kind of make that jump in 2021? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, anytime that there is, uh, you know, a coaching change, you know, with them firing Paul Gunther last year, it kind of shifts to where, you know, all the blame gets gets loaded onto them for, for how the defense performed. Obviously, that's not the case. You know, there are big personnel issues at all three levels of the defense last year that contributed to their struggles, um, no matter what, you know, scheme or, or calls that were being made. But a, a big issue uh, with them, especially with them having the younger defenses, uh, his, his scheme was just so complex and layered and multiple that, um, guys were doing a little bit too much thinking and out of reacting and playing out there. Um, and Gus coming in with this cover three scheme, you know, he mixes it up a little bit, um, but he's mostly in that cover three nickel, um, sticks to what he knows, rushing four. Um, you know, the principles are pretty, I won't say easy, but easier yeah. to learn and, and remember than, than the last system when a lot of guys to kind of be a little bit more free out there and, and make more plays, you know, in theory, you know, we'll have to see, you know, how the execution comes down with that. Uh, the personnel isn't wildly different than it was a year before, particularly, um, you know, some of the young core guys like Cleveland Farrell, Max Brosby, Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, Jonathan Avery, all those guys are back. You know, it's a lot of familiar faces, uh, Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski uh, at linebacker as well coming back. Um, but they made those, those was more subtle tweaks, you know, uh, obviously, you know, getting Yannick and Gakwe is a big splash. But outside of that, um, you know, they, they switched around the interior, of their defensive defensive line a little bit, brought in Quentin, Quentin Jefferson from the Bills and. Solomon Thomas from the 49ers, um, you know, and so it's, uh, it, but the, the, the biggest, next biggest move I would say out of, outside of bringing in Ngakwe was, was drafted Trayvon Morick, uh, safety out of TCU, kind of be that free safety, uh, play that middle of the field role, that kind of Derwin James role. Um, not, not saying he's going to be Derwin James year one, but kind of, you know, filling that kind of same kind of role for him in his defense. And so, um, you know, they, they have a lot of young guys with upside that we don't really know what they are yet, who they are yet. Um, or how they'll look in this new scheme. And so it's kind of tough to say until, until we see it out there on the field. Um, you know, Gus can bring in, have the best scheme in the world, but unless we see some improvement from those guys, a lot of familiar faces from the last couple of years when their defense has struggled, unless those guys improve individually, uh, they're not going to be that much better, you know. Uh, and, you know, it's not like this group needs to go from, they're not asking Gus, I mean, they would love to go to, you know, a top five defense in the league, but really they just need to be league average and they probably make the playoffs last, last year. So, they just need to see some kind of steady improvement. And that's something that they never really saw with Gunther. And so we'll, we'll see if Gus is able to pull that off. Deshaun, how do you view the Chargers this upcoming season? Uh, obviously, the Raiders and Chargers have played a lot of close games uh, over the years. Last year, that uh, that overtime game in week 15, uh, the game, I believe it was in week nine, uh, up at SoFi, came down to the last play. Uh, how do you view the Chargers with Justin Herbert in, in year two? They beefed up their offensive line. They've always had the skill position players. It's really been about uh, injuries to, to kind of key guys at inopportune times. But it's a it's a tough division, and uh, it looks like the bolts are set up at least at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think we all think they have a star in Justin Herbert down there. And so um, no questions at quarterback. But I think the Chargers is one of the teams where you find yourself a lot of years looking at the roster and like, oh, it's a playoff team. And then, you know, like you said, somebody gets injured or they lose, you know, 10 close games, it seems like in the season and, and they miss out. And so uh, I think they'll be right there in it. They're always going to be a tough out, especially, you know, in their matches with the Raiders. I pretty much always expect those games to be close. Like you said, last year, you know, both of those games went down to the wire. Um, but I think this division is going to be really close this year. I, I think the Chiefs are still the, the clear front runner, uh, you know, assuming health, of course. Um, but I think it's going to be a three-way battle for that second spot. I mean, 
Uh, I know the Broncos still have questions at quarterback, but, um, you know, especially with Von Miller coming back and, you know, assuming that they're healthy, their, their defense should be fearsome again. again. And, you know, they, they have some young up-and-coming offensive talent. Uh, obviously, you know, the Raiders, uh, if their defense can improve, you know, they, they show flashes of maybe being able to come into a playoff team last year. And I think the Chargers are right there with them. And so, um, you know, I don't think there's a lot separating those teams. Uh, I would say, you know, I think the Chargers, they may be the most balanced of those remaining three outside of the Chiefs. Um, it's just a matter of really, you know, a, a battle of attrition at that point. And um, who comes when it comes down to execution or who, who's able to, you know, come out, especially if those games are tight again in the end. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be any team in this division really that's lagging behind the others this year. A final thing for you. I look forward to seeing you week four pretty early, Monday Night Football up in Los Angeles. Um, Allegiant Stadium, I think it's week 18, the, the Chargers and Raiders close out the 2021 season. Uh, for fans who have not been able to experience that stadium, uh, what was it like? I, I know that, you know, no fans were there last year. And, and that's one of the things with SoFi. I'm interested to see how the atmosphere changes. And um, it's like almost watching a glorified scrimmage when there's no fans in the stands, but, yeah. but give us a little preview of what to expect at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Yeah, first off, it sounds weird as hell here in week 18. That's, that's going to take right. I, I, I still, <laughs> I, I had to do a, a double take what I said. It's just like, did I get that right? <laughs> week 18. <laughs> yeah, this is cool, man. Especially, you know, I drove past it last night coming home when it's, when it's lit up at night. Uh, it kind of looks like a big spaceship almost. I know we hear that comparison a lot, but um, you know, it looks really dope on the outside and, go inside it you know like like i said it was a little bit weird last year with being empty and uh, no fans being in there but um it's just really sleek futuristic um they had a huge torch honor in al davis of course uh, at one of the end zones um you know i'm just excited to see that thing rocking with fans man i, I think yeah. uh you know obviously the, the raiders are new to vegas but um you know a lot of their fans are going to be commuting from you know la and, and, and the bay and um, but I think this year, especially with it being the first year, they're going to be fans traveling, you know, from all these teams coming to see their team play in this new stadium. And so uh, I, know, I know tickets are up there right now. Uh, hopefully they, they come down by week 18, but uh, yeah. it's really worth coming out and checking out the new stadium and hopefully seeing a great game. Well, this shot is hard to believe, man. I think it's just over two months. Uh, I'll see you in Los Angeles for Monday Night Football. Football is getting closer and closer. Uh, you do great work for The Athletic, man. Uh, what do you have going up uh, on the site these next couple of weeks? Uh, listen, I, I say it all the time. It's We talk about the Chargers and what they got going on, but you have to know your opponents. You have to know what's going on around the AFC West as we get into uh, trading camp and beyond. Yeah, right now we have a, a position preview series that we're, we've been rolling out over the last few weeks um, over at the Athletic on the Raiders, kind of position by position going down and looking at who they lost, who they brought in, who's projected to start, who, who might get cut, um, you know, analysis of, you know, who may perform, who's on the hot seat, you know, who struggled. Um, and so it's pretty much, you know, uh, we're, we're almost done with it. We have uh, two more coming out this week and then another one next week and then we'll be over with. And so uh, the Chargers fans come out and, you know, just our word, you know, we're, we're not the Raiders, we're not experts or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, you come out and, and, and check out the roster position by position and see what, what the Chargers will be going up against this year. There we go. Deshaun Reed, man, I really appreciate your time. Like I said, excellent work. And uh, we'll see you in a couple short months. All right, man. See you soon. And that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Tashawn Reed for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're also on YouTube. 
hit up the Chargers official YouTube channel to get full video episodes of Chargers Weekly. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Harry.